Tired of piecing your business forms together from an internet search? Tired of sealing all your business deals with a pinky promise? Looking for a way to add some formality and professionalism to your business relationships? Then you need Formally. Formally is a DIY legal form and template shop for entrepreneurs, small business owners, creatives, freelancers, dreamers, and side hustlers. All Formally forms and templates are drafted by an experienced, licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So, not to brag or anything, but our forms are pretty legit. So what are you waiting for? Throw those pinky promises away and try Formally today. Sugar free, cause all truth, no lies, the only way to be. No more sugar in our lives, now we're living free. Hey! Now change up the flow, but we hit season two, gotta relive the show. Season one was going in, now we're hitting it again. Having fun with all my friends, going strong until the no end. Remix, me girl, me girl, how you like it, T? You, like you know it's sugar free. You know it's sugar free. Excited to be back with you again. We back in the tea house again. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, so excited. So let's get into this episode. But before we get into the real heart of the episodes, I got to tell y'all a story. Can I tell y'all a sad story? Listen, Whew, I had the most depressing thought today. So I was walking Mr. Bentley today. That's my dog. Because, you know, we got to get our cardio in. We on this two-a-day schedule currently. So we can get fine for this photo shoot we got coming up. So we doing five miles a day plus 30 minutes of strength training like five to six days a week. And so Mr. Bentley is tired of me, okay? He's done with me. He don't want to see me no more. <laughs> but if I'm going to be fine, he going to be fine too. So he got to come twice a day for at least five miles. So anyway, we walking down the street and I get a whiff of some fabulous smelling barbecue and it made me so sad. <laughs> Whoever heard of sad barbecue, right? But I got sad because I was like, man, I really miss barbecue. So for those of you who don't know, I have been pescatarian for six years. So that means no pork, beef, chicken, etc. Only fish and veggies. I say that again, fish and veggies only. And, you know, for the most part, I don't miss meat. But every so often, I'm walking the dog or something, and I just get a whiff of a good old pork rib. Mm. Not beef, good old pork rib, that's what I said. Or a nice, juicy, crispy fried chicken wing. And when that happens, I think to myself, did I let go of meat too early in life? Did I really make the right decision on this? I mean, if I had known that the last time was going to be the last time, uh, I would have towed it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> 
if I had only known. And so I was just all up in my feelings today, y'all. And then I came to the realization that even if I wanted to eat a pork rib at this point in my life or a nice, crispy, juicy chicken wing, I really miss chicken wings too. I probably die. <laughs> yeah, listen, I ain't ever heard of death by barbecue rib, but I'm convinced that one bite of pork at this point in my life just might take me smooth out, okay? I will be on the toilet for a whole week, y'all. So I let the thought pass and I just rest comfortably in my decision to do what is best for my health and my body, which is to live a life without me. Y'all know I've had health problems in the past, and so. It is truly the best thing for my health and my body to live this life without meat. And so, sure, it means no more ribs. And I really enjoy a good tender rib. <laughs> but it also means a better, happier life that ends with far less painful trips to the bathroom. So it's worth it, right? And so sometimes it ain't easy making a good decision even though you know it's good hold on to that thought friends because we're gonna come back to that in a little bit all right so that my friends brings us right to the meat and potatoes of this episode it's the season one remix episode 1.4 dating real unapologetically with my homie my idol my friend the incomparable attorney mother and whole wife miss jeffany roy so i'm sure you noticed by now that we went a little out of order today i'm sure you thought that after last week's episode maintaining real friendships part one that we'd be heading for maintaining real friendships part two today making real friends and we were but it's my show and so i can do what i want and so we head in a different direction that's okay, friends. Put your helmet on. Put your seatbelt on. I'm, I'm going to take you where you need to go. But we just going somewhere else this week. Because, again, I was in my feelings. So I went out of order. But that's why you love me. Because you never know where we heading. But you know we always going to go somewhere great. Okay? So I'm sure you're asking yourself by now, what else was it in my feelings about? Besides the rib and the chicken wing. <sighs> well... I was in my feelings about something real similar as the ribs and the chicken wing. Let me tell y'all a secret, friends. Can I tell y'all a good secret? Good, because I've come to enjoy sharing my secrets with y'all. You know, I don't have many places where I can just share my secrets and they be kept. And so I'm so glad that we have this confidential space. <laughs> with me and the whole world, right? <laughs> where we can share these secrets. So... The secret is the explanation of why I was in my feelings. So why was I in my feelings? So the secret is, since this episode aired back in September, and since we taped back in July, I had become newly single once again. I know. I know. We here again. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy, friends. I'm happy. So I talked a lot in this episode about my quote unquote happy home. But if I'm to be honest, Jeffany exposed so much insecurity for me during this episode. I felt like she was speaking directly to me. And I was like, girl, <laughs> why are you coming for me? We friends, why are you coming for me today? I even made her stay on the Zoom call after we taped. Because I was like, girl, we need to talk. <laughs> 
we need to have a real conversation about what's going on with my life. And I really just needed that girl time because I really needed some good advice and some clarity about my then relationship. So let's get into it. I know y'all want to know what's going on. Um, so I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty details of my relationship because there are some things that only Jesus and you should know. And I would never put him out there like that. But I, I will talk a little bit about my feelings, which I think is a safe space for us to do here. Because who better to keep my secrets than y'all? Right. So now that I'm finally taking some time to heal from that relationship, I am realizing that my ex, while he had, you know, his faults, as we all do, he was a great guy. But I realized that every great guy ain't the guy for you. That was a bar. So I'm going to repeat it one more time. Take out your pencil and your pen spring because some of y'all need to write this down. Okay, I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers with this, but go ahead, get out your pens and pencil, write this down. So here it is for you one more time. Every great guy ain't the guy for you. Mm, that one hit hard. I think I had realized this a while before the actual breakup that somewhere along the way in our years of togetherness that I don't think we really wanted the same things anymore and we were starting to grow apart. I know you hate when that happens, but in my mind, I just really could not rationalize breaking up with a good guy, right? Like, just like I was questioning my choices with that rib, I was really questioning all my life choices. Like, what's wrong with you? Are you crazy? Like, why would you walk away from a great guy? Am I making the right decision? Is this the right move to make? But friends, deep down, I knew that while he was great and fantastic and wonderful, he wasn't the right guy for me. So why, why stay? Why stay? Because it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult to leave when you know you have a great guy. All these things are running through your mind. Like, am I, like I said, am I making a mistake? Is this the right thing to do? But I also was really feeling pressure because I really wanted to be married. The pressure that I was experiencing was 100% internal, but I really wanted to be married. I think I was more concerned with the marriage than I was with the quality of the actual relationship. And I think that I had kind of rationalized in my mind, like no one's gonna be perfect. Every relationship is gonna have challenges. You're gonna have to work through things, but the reality is you cannot work through everything. Some things cannot be resolved. Who you are, who the other person is, it is what it is. And if that is no longer in alignment, we can't work through that, (laughs) right? And so I was so busy rationalizing that I just didn't want to face the truth, partially also because I was blinded by this idea and this desire for marriage. And that's a dangerous place to be friends. So I have always wanted marriage. I've always wanted children. (sighs) Always. But now that I'm drinking my water, I'm talking to my therapist and really doing the work of healing, I'm realizing that I 
don't know that I really wanted marriage for the reasons that you should want marriage, right? For companionship, love, partnership, and whatever other reasons people decide that they should enter into a marriage. I wanted marriage because I thought it's what I needed to do to complete the picture of perfection I had in my mind for my life. I have always been, I think, unhealthily aggressive about pursuing my idea of perfection. I've always had to have the right clothes, the right hair, the right job. And as we learned in the last episode of season one, Living Life Real Bald, A Life with Alopecia, my first real confrontation with this idea of perfection was when I lost all my hair and I no longer looked like my version of perfection. And I think the entirety of my 20s and still even now in my 30s has been about deconstructing this picture of perfection that I've had in my head. This picture that has always included a husband and kids. Now I'm not sure that it has to anymore. I still would love to have a partner who loves, honors, and cherishes me, but if I don't find him tomorrow, that's okay. If he don't find me till I'm 45, that's okay. Because at this point in my life, I am committed to creating the life that I want for myself. A life full of joy, fulfillment, purpose, laughter, family, friends, Mr. Bentley, and of course, lots of coin, because you already know gotta have coin and when a man comes along who compliments that perfect let's do it wrap it up let's go but until then I am happy I am fulfilled and my picture will be perfect with whatever and whomever is in it because it's mine and I love me I love my life I love my people so life is good And now I don't know that I ever again will feel pressure to stay with a guy because he is nice or because I want to be married. And for that, I am grateful for that experience. I am grateful to that man. And I pray that he finds every bit of joy that he's looking for. Because y'all know for sure I will. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that's right. Now, make no mistake about it, friends. I still want to be married, very much so. But when it happens, it happens. And in the meantime, I'm still good, okay? Woo, that was such a juicy secret, friends. Ooh, I'm sweating a little bit. Are you sweating? Lord have mercy, child. I'm so glad we have this place together to kiki, to spill our tea, to share our joys, and of course, to tell all of our juicy secrets. All right. Well, now that that's out the way, let me give y'all this recap so y'all can enjoy this episode again. Yes, I said again because it's a rerun. Now, I know somebody out there needs to be reminded that he or she is the prize. And I know I needed that reminder. And so I thank Jeffany now and always for never letting me forget that I am the prize and that I deserve every single thing that I want both in life, in my career, and in my romantic relationships. 
Okay, so let's get into this recap. Recap! Yes! All right, so we started off the episode by talking about what Jeffany's dating philosophy was. And she told us that dating is gathering data. And so in order to make a competent decision about whether or not to continue dating a person, you need to ask very specific and direct questions as early as possible. For Jeffany, that was whenever the the question was prompted in your spirit. But for you, it may be the second or third date. For us, it's the first date. First date, ask the questions. So then we talked about what we should be looking for on a first date to determine whether a man is serious about dating. And so Jeffany said she generally looks for the vibe. Check to see if there's some chemistry between the two of you and make sure that he is mentally stimulating you and that he seems genuinely interested in the conversation. If the vibe is right, it might be time to go ahead and ask those questions that we talked about when we discussed the dating philosophy. And then we talked about what Jeffany looks for in a guy to determine whether she should go on a first date with him. And so she requires that all of her potential suitors display the following criteria before they can even make it to a first date. Okay, honey, they need to be consistent, persistent and show some effort. We then talked about the biggest mistakes women make when dating. And for Jeffany, she's told us that the biggest mistakes women tend to make when dating is that they tend to be over accommodating and they make things easier for the man while making things harder for themselves. And we're not doing that no more. What we're doing in dating from now on is that we are setting the standard, giving the other person an opportunity to meet the standard. And if they don't, we walking away without question, without fear, without apology. Because again, we are the prize and we do not have to bend over backwards to please anybody. If a man wants to date you, he will please you and he will meet your standards, not the other way around. The second biggest mistake that Jeffany sees women making is that they aren't honest with themselves. She told us it was so critically important for us to be brutally honest with ourselves when it comes to dating. Be honest about what you want and be relentless in clearly communicating to your potential partners what you want okay if what you want is to be married in a year you don't have to wait two to three years to get your ring girl not if that ain't what you want tell them what you want then get it okay and then finally we ended with Jeffany telling us or giving us her best advice for us ladies who are out here still dating And her best advice to us was be honest and upfront at every stage of the game with yourself and with your potential partners so that you can weed out all the men who don't deserve to be in your presence early and often. Yes, that's what I said. Weed them out early. Weed them out often. Protect your peace. Drink your water. Walk the dog. And live your best life. Yes. So with that, friends, let's get into this amazing episode. I am so excited and I can't wait to check in with y'all again next week for plenty of more laughs, plenty more juicy secrets and plenty of the most exquisite tea. That's, of course, you guessed it, 100% sugar free. Good morning, friends. Good morning. 
Now today, we are talking about dating real unapologetically. So today's sugar-free word is called ask and thou shall receive. Some of us have been timid in our asking practices. And as a result, we have been coming up short in our receiving benefits. And I am telling you today that it is the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. And it's the closed mouth that doesn't get fed. So speak up, ladies. Speak out so that you can receive all your blessings in these dating streets. So if you need some guidance and you say, well, Sid, I want to receive my blessing. Well, what do I say? Well, fear not, because I have all the questions that you need to ask on your first date. And you need to ask them before that man even orders a glass of water. Yes, I said before he even orders a glass of water. You ask him this. Number one, do you have a wife or girlfriend? Mm -hmm. Are there any women in the city or any other who think they're your wife or your girlfriend? That's number two. Number three, you got any kids currently out in the world or in gestation? And for those who don't know, gestation means in the womb. You got any cooking? Number four, do you have a job? Number five, does your alleged employer also recognize you as an employee? You got a W-2? Number six, if you're self-employed, you got any business? You got any clients? You got some coins coming in? And number seven, do you live with your mama, your grandma, your auntie, your uncle, or your cousin and them? Number eight, this is always get some. Do they live with you? Mm-hmm. Number nine, do you live with any woman that does not share your DNA? And number 10, if you don't live alone, could you afford to do so without the aid of anyone but Jesus Christ? And this is the most important, last but definitely not least, ladies. Did you bring your wallet today? Now, you definitely got to ask that one before he can even sit in the seat, ladies. Make sure you ask him. And now, listen, if you ask them these questions, then you will see your dating blessings flow. Amen? Amen. Warning now. All men's and entanglements are different, so the results of asking these questions may vary. Okay, you know I'm a lawyer. Disclaimer. But we are so excited to get into today's topic, which is dating real unapologetically. I don't know about y'all, but I'm not apologizing no more for what I want. Whatever I want in dating, whatever I want in life, I want to do it at this point in my life without apology. And I can't think of a better person to discuss living life, specifically your dating life, unapologetically than my good friend and fellow attorney, surprise, surprise, Miss Jeffany Roy. Jeffany, welcome to the Tea Party. We are so excited to have you here today, girl. Please, if you will, introduce yourself and tell the people who you are and what you do. Good morning. I am Jeffy Roy. I am a litigation partner at Farrell Roy & Associates. I'm also a wife and a mother of six. Yes. Welcome, Jeffany. So I, let me just explain why my <laughs> why my good friend Jeffany is here. OK, because. <laughs> 
normally, right, you would expect to have like a, a dating expert or something like that. Like, we're not dating experts here, but Jeffany is my personal shero when it comes to dating because from my vantage point, Jeffany has always approached dating in a way that is just so unapologetic and in a world where women are apologizing more than they need to for no reason for the things that they want. I felt like it was so important for us to have a conversation today that is, of course, real and honest, but unapologetic. We got Absolutely. Yes, girl, please, please tell the people today. What is your dating philosophy and how did you approach dating when you were single? Um, because for my listeners out there, Jeffany is now married happily. <laughs> Finally, after several uh, failed attempts, <laughs> let's be clear. I have some personal experience in this dating game. But that's that's another reason why you're here, right? Like there are yeah. there are many ways to be qualified and it ain't always with a degree. Sometimes it's some life experience. So I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm about to take my notes and get my pen and pad and pencil ready because I'm about to take some notes, too. So tell us, what is your dating philosophy and how did you approach dating when you were single? Um, so I've always been a straight shooter. Um, I, I don't hold any punches. If there is a question that I want to ask, I am going to ask. Timing is of no essence to me in dating. So some people feel like, oh, we haven't been talking long enough for me to ask this particular question. For me, dating to me is gathering data. So if I am going to make a, a competent decision about if I want to continue to date you, I'm going to need some answers to some questions that I want answers to. I don't care if I've known you a day, 10 days, 30 days. When the question is prompted in my soul, I'm going to ask the question. Yes. Prompted in your soul. <laughs> so uh, when typically is your soul prompted? Like, is it in a 30 day window, a 10 day window or first day right out the gate? Soul says, what you doing? Typically, it's the first date right out the gate. If their energy is matching my energy and I can see us going somewhere, dating long term, I always date with the purpose. I am not a dater. I am a wife. And so I've always dated with the intention of marriage. Yes, wife. <laughs> I love that. So, OK, so let's let's back up for a second. So you okay. said if their energy matches yours, that's when you will kind of lead in with those questions. So what are you looking for? Because I feel like women need to know. And I know for myself, at least, I have been notorious in my dating past of ignoring signs, ignoring red flags, sitting on a date and seeing some and maybe being a little turned off, but being like, oh, it's the first date. I'm gonna give him another chance. So I'll just go on a second date, a third date, a fourth date, a fifth date, you know, and then it, it snowballs. And so what energy are you looking for on that first date that kind of lets you know he's ready for my line of question? And, and also, so Jeffany and I, are both attorneys so for all people out there we're professional <laughs> right professional question asks <laughs> professional <laughs> degreed <laughs> so for me um so for instance on a first day we can either be vibing really well having great conversation about general topics and then i will dive straight to the meat of what i want to know about you your past 
what it is you're looking for going forward. But if we're having a conversation and it's like blase blah, you're kind of boring, you don't really intrigue me mentally, there's no point in me asking you these questions because we're not going to make it to another date. Mm. Has any guy that you've been on a date with in your past, like just done something that was so egregious that you knew it wasn't like outside of just not really, you know, vibing or just being a little boring, but just something so egregious that you just knew this wasn't going to go to the next day? Never. Really? Never. Really? You need to give a tutorial on picking who deserves to go to the first date. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, I look for um, the chivalry stuff. You're going to hunt me. You're going to have to be consistent. You're going to have to be persistent. If I don't have those three, then we're not going to make it to a first date anyway. Period. Point blank. So if you're not hunting, if you're not consistent and you're not persistent, for example, you don't have to text me good morning every morning. I might might text you good morning or call you. But if you're not reciprocating that same energy in a timely fashion, I'm not going to like. So, for example, if I text you on Sunday and say, hey, good morning. How are you doing? What are you doing today? And you text me back on Monday. We're not vibing. We're not going to respond anymore. Mm. Because here's here's the here's the reality. We all know that people make time for the things they want to make time for. Ain't nobody that big on busy. Okay. <laughs> well, you took a whole 24 hours to text me back. No, you prioritize who you wanted to communicate with. Clearly, I was not a priority. And so from that point, I keep it moving. Like immediately, no second chances, not even a conversation, not even a conversation. My cutoff game so strong. I forget I be cutting people off. (laughs) I love that because I definitely feel like at least for me and what I've seen and observed for other friends and other women that I know is that there is a tendency to to ignore those flags and not responding for for a lot of women in a timely fashion is a flag, but you want to believe that it's Whatever not a story they're giving, right? Mm-hmm. Not over here. It's not. A, I mean, unless somebody just passed away, and I'm talking about somebody, your mama, your daddy, your grandmama, them, or a cousin that you grew up with in the same house. We, there's no conversation, girl. I have a funny story. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was dating this guy one time and we had went on a few dates he was cool there were a few red flags that I was like but we were having a good time and sometimes and so I want to be clear too about my personal dating philosophy like I too am a wife okay I ain't I ain't nobody's wife yet but in my spirit I'm a wife too amen amen (laughs) yeah and that's um my goal but I'll also let some things ride maybe a little bit longer than normal because I'm having a good time. So so I let some things ride because I was having a good time. I was getting some free meals and, you know, enjoying myself. And so this guy, he we were supposed to go on a date and uh, he was supposed to come pick me up. And seven o'clock came. That was the time we're supposed to pick me up. He didn't show up. Seven thirty. 8 o'clock, 8.30, 9 p.m., the man stood me up. I had not heard from him. I had been trying to get in contact with him. By the time I finally got in contact with him around midnight, this man had the unmitigated gall to say that his mama fell out in church, girl. 
So when you say somebody had to pass out, listen, I don't know if his mama actually passed out, but I was like, what were y'all doing in church on Friday night? Like, come on. And he was like, well, you know, my, my, my father runs the church and we was having a revival, whatever. And I'm like, and so it's like, what do you, what do you even say? First of all, <laughs> your first mistake was you tried to contact him. By 7.30, pumpkin, I'm on a different day. Mm. Mm. Because if I'm dating, I have a team of daters. I have a team of suitors. And if I'm not into you and I ain't made time for you to be a monogamous dater, I'm dating around, which means I'm gathering data from other people. And your data that I'm gathering from you is not matching my vibe. So you keep on trying to get your mom up off the floor. <laughs> I'm going to keep it pushing <laughs> to the next one. Get your mama up off the floor. And see, the fact that you were trying to contact him and not vice versa, because what your mama was laid out for five hours, you couldn't, you ain't had your phone, your text message didn't work. You Like, no, mm-mm, absolutely not. Yeah. I feel like a lot of women are so accommodating to these Negroes that they are so spoiled and they act like they are the prize. When mm. reality, we are the prize. And so I never, I I am not accommodating. I'm not going to put on a front. I'm not going to order a salad when I really want a big fat burger. I'm not going to be cutesy because I want you to know me. I don't want you to know a representative of me because if you're going to vibe with me, you're going to vibe with me. But a lot of women put on a front. They're like, oh no, I'm not hungry. I just want a salad. Oh oh, no, I don't, I don't do this on the first day or, oh no, I I go with the flow. If I'm feeling it, I do it. If I want it, I get it. Amen. Amen. I wish I had that confidence in my 20s. I will say that now that I'm in my 30s, I'm definitely there. And I think that that, again, is why I'm in the best relationship that I've ever been in, because I just don't care. I think that I think that the reason, right, like I'm good with or without you Right. And not not where we are now, like two years in the game, but especially when we were dating initially, there wasn't that fear of if I show up as someone you don't like, you're going to want to stop talking to me anymore, because by that point in my life, I was good being by myself. Mm hmm. And, you know, that that's it. Like there was no competition with I'm dating other guys. You're competing against Mr. Bentley, my dog, because he is a fantastic companion. Right. And if you go convince me to get up off the couch with Mr. Bentley, you better be coming correct. But it took me a really long time to be comfortable with walking away. I think that there was a lot of insecurity on my part of rejection. And if I showed up in a way that wasn't a way that I thought the other person was expecting me to show up, I was fearful that I would get rejected and I wasn't really ready to handle that rejection. And so how did you get to a point in your life or have you always been that way where you just were so confident in yourself and your worth and everything that how the other person perceived you just you didn't care? 
I have always been very confident in that aspect of my life. Sure, I suffer from insecurities, just not in that particular area. So dating for me and knowing my worth and knowing, um, you know, stage by stage, I eventually learned what I wanted, what I did not want. Of course, that took trial and error. Um, but from the time that I was 22 moving forward, after suffering heartbreak, I was very intentional on everything that I did, the people that I dated, how I dated. I would never date. Like, you're not, we're not going to be dating for um, three, four, five years before we know what, where we're going. Like, we're going to be engaged, we're heading to marriage because I don't operate like that. I do not believe in shacking. And it it pulls at my spirit if I sin and have premarital. Like, so that is one of the reasons that I have always, that's why I've been married so many times because I did not want to have sex without being married. Let's just be clear. Not because mm. I thought they were my forever, not because I thought that they would be the one to just make my life complete, that was part of me growing up and maturing, but it was also part of my insecurities and how I grew up religiously. Mm. I understand that. I do. Even if you're not a religious person or, you know, you have differing religious beliefs, there is a stigma around having sex too early yeah. in a relationship. Right. And I, I know when I was dating, um, there have been points in my life and in my 20s where my standards was loose. <laughs> they were little, all been there, honey. It was a little bit more fluid. Uh -huh. and, you know, let me try it because you're experimenting, right? You're right. trying to figure out what works for you. And I went through this phase where I was like, it doesn't matter. If, you know, we don't have to be in a relationship. Like if he really likes me, I can have sex whenever. And my mom was like, girl, what you doing? What's wrong with you? Right. And like, so it wasn't necessarily like a religious pull, but she was like, you should, you should make them wait. Right. And so I don't know if it was necessarily my own personal boundary, but I just got so fed up with the results that I was getting. I was like, look, let me let me borrow my mama's boundary. Right. Right. <laughs> and we talked and so about I can create my own. Right. And I will say that I did have a lot more success in dating when I set those boundaries. I withheld and it wasn't for just the sake of withholding. It was for the sake of I felt like I had more clarity on my feelings and my thoughts when sex wasn't on the table. I think that sex can cloud things a lot of times and people can imagine things that they feeling that they ain't really feeling. You can become too invested too early in a person or a situation and not putting that on the table for me just provided me that clarity. It had nothing to do with being approved or anything like that. And so regardless of your reason, I don't ever think that making a choice about whether or not to give somebody your body is a bad thing. So I applaud you yeah. for, for making that choice to require some level of investment from the other person before you decided to make that level of investment of your body. Absolutely. I, I think my body is valuable and I'm not going to degrade my body because you want something from me. Some million women out here, they got notches all day long. And so if they don't get it from you, they'll just go elsewhere. And I was completely fine with that. 
I do understand that. I really do. And I really love how you're unapologetic in stating those expectations and those boundaries, including the one that you want to be married. I see that as an expectation and boundary. And I feel like for a lot of women, there is real shame and fear in saying out loud, I want to be married. Because for a lot of women, it comes with a stigma of desperation. Like if you say on a first date to a guy, I want to be married for whatever reason, they hear, I want to marry you right now today. Right. <laughs> that, that, right. Ain't what that ain't what I'm saying. I'm saying, right? Like, this is my goal. Where is your goal? And so I want to know, like, what has your experience been communicating that message like very early on and has there been any blowback or pushback? Have you felt fear? Has there ever been a time when that didn't go as well? Um, or have you always had excellent response and success saying from day one, this is where I'm headed? Um, for me, I have had um, pretty good success. I mean, I've been married quite a few times by today's standards. And so I have zero shame in that because that was what I required. If we're going to be together and we're going to be sleeping together, we're going to get married. And so if that's, if you cannot handle that factor, then you can bounce now. And I've had people say, Hey, I'm just not ready for that. And that's cool. We can walk away cordial. We can keep it pushing. But what I'm not going to do is wait around, waste my good, good years, my good, good body on you to come around talking about you want to be married, we good. So I've had really good success. I've never, and usually I bring it up on the first date because by the time I knew what I wanted, I was already a mom. So at this juncture, I my potentials have to have the potential to be a great bonus parent and be able to handle me as a, at the time, a single mom. Um, and just a little short story, when I met my current husband, we met on May 2nd, 2015. I was like, look, I have four kids. They come with me. They live with me every day. Right. And so if you plan to walk into this relationship, you have to know what you're walking into. So I want to be very clear. This is where we are. This is what I expect. Uh, June 4th, we were engaged. Really? 32 days later, August 1st, we were married. Married within 89 days, if you will. Wow. Talk now, about 90 day fiance, girl. <laughs> but the difference was my husband is older than I am. So he was already established. He's already very secure in who he was and what he wanted. Um, and he was also the marrying type. He had been married a couple of times as well. So he knew he wanted to be a husband, be a provider. And so that conversation was very easy for us on our first date because we both had the same goals. And I am all about meeting people where they are. It doesn't mean that I'm going to stay with you to be where you are. Mm. So I have met some guys and they're like, I'm not ready for that. You know, I want to get my finances together. I want to get, you know, my career together. When in actuality, it would probably be easier to do both when you have a great support system, a great, you know, help me. Right. But no, yes. you want to, okay, Gina and Martin. <laughs> <laughs> tell these men out here say it one more time for these men because especially being a young woman I have I have dated some older guys in their their 40s mid 40s early 40s um but even they were trying to play around too but that's a whole other conversation but I have noticed routinely with men 
that they feel like for whatever reason, they got to have every duck in a row. And this could just be an excuse that they just it's told definitely me. definitely an excuse. <laughs> they got to have every duck in a row. You know, my hair ain't together. My finances. <laughs> <laughs> right? I got to get my waves in before I can think about having a wife. Like every. My beard got to connect, sir. <laughs> and it is. And I'm and I agree with you that that philosophy is backwards. If you're trying to get to financial stability, why wouldn't you want to put Peyton Manning in? Why are you right. trying to bench me? Right. Tap me in. <laughs> Right. You could probably benefit not only from my experience, but also my income. And so I feel like when you have a superstar, an all star Peyton Manning, you know, Russell Wilson partner, why wouldn't you want to put them in the game? And I never understood that. But right. It's fear. A lot of men have problems with commitment and it's fear. And it's just an excuse to keep you going on and on and on. Um, for example, I had a conversation with a friend of mine. Um, she's been dating this guy for two years. The plan was they moved in together. They would get engaged. They would be married by 2023. Well, all of a sudden, he wants to push back to 2024 because his finances ain't right and this and that. And I'm like, so so see me with the way that I am. First of all, we're we not going to move together if we're not engaged. Like, I, mm. I just don't do that. Um, number two is I'm not going to date nobody for two years. <laughs> I probably got a six, nine month limit on dating. <laughs> Let's just go <laughs> and keep it all the way true. I ain't dated nobody longer than six to nine months without getting married. And then number three, we, we are now comfortable in our cohabitation. We have lived on our either co-mingled funds or our, you know, splitting funds like a roommate. So now the decision is not just about do I stay an extra two years before we even get to a wedding or do I walk away? Because now my finances are entangled. Now we live together. Now we got to separate stuff. Who's going to take this? Who's going to take that? So that's why we're not moving in until we engage because I need to know you're serious. And number two, you want to prolong the wedding. I'm, I'm going to have to see you later. And if I'm available in 2024, maybe we can try to do this again and maybe you got your stuff together. But for right now, I'm not. No, I'm not doing that. You can't walk away then. Right. It's not as easy because now you live together. Well, I'm sure she also loves him. <laughs> she might love be. Uh, oh. Y'all better listen to Tina Turner. Love ain't got nothing to do with it. OK. It don't. OK, maybe then maybe that's that's the mistake. So. One question before I get to a follow up question here. So do you think that age has a factor in a man's readiness? Because one thing I will say, and your current husband is established, you know, he does have his things together and he's a little bit older. And so do you think that age plays a factor in a man's ability to have it all together? And if maybe you're dating a guy that's a little younger, there's maybe a little bit more room to have more patience or it don't matter if he see a good thing, he got to latch on or you moving on regardless of where he's at or how old he is or whatever. So um, now my husband was established. He was in his career. He was doing well. But, you know, I upgraded him essentially. Yes. You know, he upgraded me. So we built this you know, it's not an empire, but I'll use that as a, as a medical. Yes, it is. Go ahead. Yes, it together. is. <laughs> <laughs> we built this empire together 
because we were like-minded. Now, there is definitely an age factor when it comes to maturity for guys, right? Now, there are, it's an anomaly if you find a young man who is already very well set in what he wants, what he wants to do. I have a, a couple of colleagues that have married very young, very successful marriage, very successful careers, and they're like, LeBron, marrying a high school sweetheart and building with your queen that way. But for a lot of men, it takes time and their maturity level, unfortunately, for some reason is delayed. Prime example, I have four girls and two boys. Mm. My girls came out the womb independent, right? Changing their own diaper, essentially. Yeah. Them boys, <laughs> them boys, child, please. <laughs> And boys is different. Mm. Just naturally, genetically, like they are very just different. And my sons are intelligent, but boy, they slow. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't. Um, I can agree with that. I, I won't get no antidote on that, but yeah, I can, I can agree with that. So, but, but late, so you're not instructing all the ladies out there that if they man ain't committing in six to nine months, let them go. You, that's not your advice, right? <laughs> it kind of is. Oh yeah. What you waiting for? Because here's the thing. Um, you as a woman, him as a man, you already know if you can see yourself with this person, especially if people show up who they are. If you show up and you're being genuine and you're opening up your heart to this person, you already know if you can have wife potential with her or husband potential with him. You kind of already know. It doesn't take years and years because you can be with somebody for 10 to 15 years and then get married like we all see and boom, two years later, you're divorced because it's not about time. It's about what's your intention here. Do you just want to date because you're bored? Are you dating with a purpose? Do you want to date because you, you want to have fun? Are you in a fun phase? Do you want to go clubbing? What are we doing? So, yeah, if you don't know in six to nine months, if you want to be with me long term, you're wasting my time. So if the man has communicated within six to nine months that he does want to be with you, does he also have to follow that up with the action of actually proposing? Or can you give him some more time if he's communicated the intention at the very least? I, I always set boundaries. So, okay. Mm. Oh, you want to marry? Okay. Um, I'm going to need my ring though by year one. Mm. Okay. I'm taking notes. I don't, I don't want to have to break up with my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Break up my happy home. <laughs> but see, here's the misconception. And this is not for you directly. But is it a happy home? Do you really have what you want right now? Is this the kind of time you wanted to invest in someone without having your ring? Like, let's get real. Let's get naked. Let's get very honest with ourselves. Nobody want. if a woman wants to be a wife and, and get married and have kids one day, they don't want to date for years. Like they want to go ahead and be engaged. They want to go ahead and set their wedding date so they can start to build together. You ain't so the question is really like, just be, <laughs> I, I, I will tell ladies, not every lady doesn't want to get married. Every lady doesn't want to have children. And that's fine. I respect that. I envy you because, you know, there's no going back for me. They're here now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, and I bought your, your most recent one, a baby gift. So you definitely can't take a baby. <laughs> but the real question is, is because what works for me may not work for somebody else. But just be honest with yourself. 
Like, what do you really want? If you're willing to wait five years for a ring and another three years for a wedding, if you like it, I love it. That's just not how I'm built. I understand. I understand. But you still ain't going to break up my happy home. (laughs) (laughs) So based on your experience, is that what you would say is women's biggest mistake in dating is not being honest with themselves about what they want and they need and then communicating those? Yes, communicating that and basically standing behind it, right? So so I, I'm the type of person, which is probably a double-edged sword. If I say something to you, for example, if I tell my husband, well, if you don't do this, you know, whatever, I'm leaving. If you don't change this or do this. And you could be in a relationship and say, hey, if we're not engaged, by us, and I don't, my thing is I always tell a man, I'm not pressuring you to marry me because I, I have people lined up to marry me, right? So it's not that, but if, if I am what you want, you're going to have to come correct. And you're going to have to come correct by my standard because I'm the prize. I'm not going to wait for you. I'll just go on to the next. Amen. That's the difficult part too, is that you have to set the standard. And then if they don't meet it, you have to be prepared to take whatever action is appropriate next, including walking away. And you said that your cutoff game is real strong. And I'll say that in dating, my cutoff game is a one as well. But in relationships, it's a little bit tougher. I think you have like all of these different factors and things weighing in your mind. It's like, even if I leave this situation, do I want to spend the time that is required to build and invest the equity in another situation? Like maybe I can just give them a little bit more time and we'll still get there faster than if I just know years out the window or whatever. And so I feel like there's so many different competing things that ultimately. But you answered your own question, right? Mm -hmm. So do I want to get back out there and date and go through this whole same rigmarole for another two years? No, you don't, which is why you switch your standards up. If this relationship don't work after two, three years, no, you don't invest another two and three in a new one. You'd be like, hey, what's up? We've been dating for six months. What are we doing? Because what you're what you're not willing to do now is invest another two to three years in somebody else. And the same thing happened because we tend to date in cycles. We have to break the cycle of how we date if we want to see different results. You're right. You right. <laughs> Listen, you right. I'm trying to get my whole life together as well and figuring it out as I go along. And, and it ain't easy. Relationships are hard. They are. They, <laughs> they are hard. Um, but I think we as women sometimes make it harder because we make it easy for them and hard for us. Mm. And I don't, I just, I can't operate like that. There was a point in my life where I was so accommodating in my dating life and, you know, even in my marriages. And I was like, who, who, who they, who they talking to? Like, who, like, child, you got the right one. I forgot who I was. Let me go on and get, get it, get it going. I can't even imagine that from you. Like, I can't even. Yeah. Like way, way young, like 23, 24. Yeah. But no, I just, you know, but that's, that's, that's the scenario 
like generally stated, oh gosh, I've already put this much into him and he's not doing what I want him to do right now, but do I really want to get back out there? Dating sucks. It's so hard, blah, blah, blah. And it's true. And so now you're kind of being counterproductive to yourself because of that argument. I guess I no arguments for me, counselor. <laughs> <laughs> But I I love that that was part of your evolution and your dating journey is you had to get to this place. And we talked in a previous episode with a self-care expert about how you see people when they're already at this place of courage explosion and you don't see the work and the progress that it took to get to that stage where you felt confident enough to say, who are you talking to? Right. Do you know who I am? Have you Googled me lately? Right. And and so you had to work up to that place. And so I love that you can kind of talk about your evolution and your journey, because I think it's important for other women to understand that you might have to work up to this. Like everything that we've talked about today in terms of being able to be honest with yourself, set boundaries and standards and communicating them. I would love it, you know, if every woman in America was able to take away from this conversation those things and implement them immediately, but it may take you some time. Absolutely. And so it may, you know, be a while before you can get to that point in your journey. And so we're coming up to the end of our conversation. And so two more questions. Give give us the people, your loyal followers and disciples, okay? Your <laughs> best advice for finding and sustaining real love. So first of all, you are not the one to find it. They are to find you. Mm. That's number one. And number two, I just think being honest up front can basically weave out a lot of the people that should not be in your presence, right? So Mm. me being who I am, I'm alpha female. I'm very aggressive. I'm very straightforward. A lot of people cannot handle my straightforwardness, right? They don't like my honesty. I'm just honest, like, hey, do you like this outfit, girl? No, you look, no, you don't look good in that. You might want to change. But for guys, if they're not secure in who they are, they can't handle my personality. Mm. And so show up to the table honest, you know, show up to the table genuine. And what I have found to be true is that guys who are genuine and authentic, they will appreciate that, whether you guys work out or not. And they'll always remember that. I love that dating advice. I really do. So a a follow-up question. Uh, This is our last question of the day. Speaking of dating advice, what are your thoughts on men out there who are giving dating advice to women like Steve Harvey? And of course, my favorite, Derek Jackson with his wife and, you know. So um, (laughs) I love Steve Harvey. I love the advice Mm -hmm. that he does give because he gives it from a male perspective. Mm. Um, and his advice for the most part falls in line with my experience. Um, he often tells a story about how he was trying to play the game when him and Marjorie hooked back up and in the middle of the night, she was packing her bags, ready to leave. And he knew she was the one. And so he threw the phone, broke the phone, got a new phone the next day. They ain't had a problem with that issue since because he, a girl was calling him and he was disrespecting her talking on the phone while she was there. And she was like, oh, you got the right one, Parker. Let me go on and pack up my stuff. Yes. So um, now as far as Mr. Jackson, Mm. Honey, like, but here's the thing. I think 
the advice that he was giving was from a male perspective. Some of it was spot on. I just don't, you know, like a lot of pastors and preachers, he was not living by the words he was preaching. And so Mm -hmm. that just kind of discredited him in the social atmosphere. But I don't think his advice was totally wrong. I agree. I think that men can offer something really good to the conversation because as you described your children, men are different. They think different. They behave differently. And sometimes it can be difficult as a woman to really know and understand them. And so I think it's good that they add their perspective to the conversation but I do agree with you that Mr. Jackson wasn't walking the walk. And, and that that to me is my issue with men giving advice to women is that if you have a woman in a space where she's willing to take your advice on dating, she's already in a vulnerable place and not vulnerable like weekend, but just vulnerable in being open. It, it right. takes it takes a lot of courage to to let that very personal advice in, right? And so you're taking a woman who's already open to you and you're telling her things that almost feel fraudulent based on your activity. I take real issue with that. And Mr. Jackson had red flags going all over for me. And you know, he lives in Atlanta. And so, you know, dating in Atlanta is a jungle. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A real jungle. But as, as he was telling all the advice, the red flags that were going off for me were, if you're such a great guy, boom, you so in tune with your feelings. There is a bad boss, beautiful black woman on every corner in Atlanta. And you can't find one that is already had one girl. Girl. And so all just went off on me. But initially, I was really intrigued by his advice, because to your point, a lot of it was was great. It, it talked a lot about the things that we talked about today, which are setting those boundaries and not being afraid to stick with them. But at the point that he started not walking the walk was the point where it became problematic for me. And so as a woman, I feel more comfortable opening up in these vulnerable spaces and taking advice from other women because I never have to question their intention behind the advice. I think Steve has been very open about his own marriage and relationship and proudly sporting his wife. And so that makes it a little bit easier for me to take from him. But just generally, I don't ever want to question a man's intention for the advice. And these these dudes out here can may they make me a little uneasy. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I think um dating is personal. I think people have to know themselves and know what they want in order to be successful at dating. And everybody wants different things. So there's only so much general advice one can give another. And so I say as long as you know who you are, know what you want. Dating should kind of have its own roadmap with you. But that is the advice. That's that's specific because what everyone wants is different. And so if, if people are being honest with themselves about what they want, whether that be companionship, stability, financially, emotionally, whether that be sex, right? Because sometimes that's what what you want in dating or what you're looking for. And so if you're honest with the things that you want, then the advice that you gave is very personal. Agreed. Agreed. 
Yeah, that's why you're here today. Our <laughs> dating expert. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. So before we let you go, of course, we got to get to our little sugar-free quickies, some little short, quick fire questions. So first question, which do you prefer? Online dating or meeting men in real life. And so we didn't really talk about how to find these men, but I'm curious to know which you would prefer, online dating or uh, meeting men in real life? Uh, meeting men in real life. Mm. Why? Um, online dating is a facade. Everybody puts on their best photo. Everybody says the perfect things. When you meet someone in person, they can only hide so much. And I have a very discerning spirit. So in-person works great for me. Well, when you online date, the goal is not to keep the relationship online forever. You want to meet them in person. Yeah, you do. But I also don't want to be talking to you for two weeks online and then meet you in person. And you're a totally different person because your picture online it was from 10 years ago. Um, you talking, you know, like you have autocorrect on text or email Not. and you get in real life and you can't even speak English. Not autocorrect. <laughs> Girl, I would tell you I went on a date quick, quick. And I went on a date with this guy um, online dating and he wore hats and all his pictures and only like red next- flag. Go ahead. <sighs> I, I was like 23. I was an early online dating adopter. He like only had pictures from like here up. Girl, we went out in person and this man had no hat. And I was like, clutching my pearls. I was like, who is this? I didn't even recognize him. He had that that LeBron James Tiger Woods hairline girl. I was like, oh, yeah, no. And then he wasn't in great shape. And not that physical appearance is everything, but. That it's a start, pumpkin. I gotta at least want to look at you. Okay. <laughs> well, it's even if your physical appearance is not a hundred, I expect it to be what I thought it was, right? So if I thought I was getting a seven, I expect a seven to show up, even right, even if it's not a hundred. And it ain't always got to be. But if I'm expecting a seven and a two shows up, that's a problem. It's a huge problem. If I'm expecting a two, I'm cool with the two showing up. But don't right. don't sell me a 10 and then come like come in as a two. Yeah, I think. All right. So what's the worst gift you've ever received when dating somebody? Um, I can't even think of something. <laughs> I, I don't think I've like ever received a gift dating. Really? No, I've always, they're always like marriage, like we anniversary gifts and birthday gifts, I guess. I don't know. Have you got any bad ones in marriage? No. Oh, you're, you must. Well, that's because I tell them what I want. I'm not going to leave it up to them. Like I'm doing dating wrong because the worst gift that I've ever received is a box of Cheez-Its and a bottle of liquor for my birthday. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I don't drink. That's why it was terrible. I was like, this is a gift for you. And then I yeah. asked, I asked myself, why would you buy me? I think I was 28. I was like, why would you buy a 28 year old woman a box of cheese her birthday? And he was like, well, you told me a couple months ago how you like ate cheese. It's every day in college. I was like, 
I lived on Cheez-Its in college almost 10 years ago. Right. Would you buy somebody ramen noodles? For they probably would have. Girl, I was like so disgusting. So, mm. <laughs> so a couple more. When dating, is it better to date one at a time or a few at a time? So for me, if I like someone, I am only dating them. If I'm just say like I'm fresh off of a divorce, one of them, <laughs> um, I might be dating three or four at the same time. But if I zoom in on one because we vibe the best, we have the best conversation, then I'm only dating that person um, because I don't want to get my data mixed up, right? If I'm dating four or five people, I might cross data, get wrong data. I want to make sure my data is great while I'm collecting. I know that's right. And then the final quickie question, do you prefer being single or married? I prefer being married. Mm, good. I love that for you. I love that. Thank you so much again for joining us. This has been such Thank a Thank you for having me. I know we had some scheduling issues. Good, but I appreciate you. No, I appreciate you. I know time is valuable, especially when you, the litigation name partner of a whole law firm. Okay. <laughs> and you know, I love you, girl, to get up on a Sunday and get my hair together and look like somebody. And you know, I love you and this podcast too, because I'm. <laughs> Anything before noon is not for me, okay? Hello. Hello. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. Thank you for joining us. Thank all of you for tuning in. Hopefully, y'all got some good advice. You're going to go out there and you're going to meet some men. You're going to do some introspection first, right? Then you're going to set some boundaries and you're going to be unapologetic in communicating those boundaries even if the boundary is I'm a whole wife. Okay. Hello. Yes. So be sure that you tune in next week for another fantastic episode, another great conversation. And of course, plenty of tea. That's 100% sugar-free. Woo chow. Mm-hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today. Didn't we friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party, and we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea with me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends, and be sure to keep the tea party going, a with plenty of tea that's 100% sugar-free. Tired of piecing your business forms together from an internet search? Tired of sealing all your business deals with a pinky promise? Looking for a way to add some formality and professionalism to your business relationships? Then you need Formally. Formally is a DIY legal form and template shop for entrepreneurs, small business owners, creatives, freelancers, dreamers, and side hustlers. All Formally forms and templates are drafted by an experienced licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So, not to brag or anything, but our forms are pretty legit. 
So what are you waiting for? Throw those pinky promises away and try formally today.